In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of koi casting and kunai's. Okay, people, get your geek on. It's December 19th, 2011, and you're listening to episode 22 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you live from Mrs. Claus's Cheesecake Factory. Perfect for soothing the nerves after a hectic day at the mall. We are talking deep, dark chocolate cheesecake. Mmm, chocolate cheesecake. I know what has gone into this cheesecake. I got diabetes reading the recipe. Someone give me some insulin. Yeah. I might link. I might. Is it cheesecake with an insulin shooter? It might be, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to link the recipe to that. Well, hopefully everyone out there is prepared for the holidays. Or. If you're not, you know it. Yeah, if you're not, you know it. Or hey, if you celebrate Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah! You're pretty much done. <laughs> you just have to prepare for New Year's. Yeah. You get to watch the rest of us going completely nuts. I've always liked doing that at Christmas time. I like going to the mall and sitting on a one of the benches in the in mm-hmm. the walkways and just watching everybody. Yeah, I, I have no problem going to the mall when it's extremely busy on like just before Christmas or just be like on Boxing Day, which you know, as one person asked last week, huh, we should have mentioned this. Uh, Boxing Day is the twenty sixth of December. It's, you can read the history of it on Wikipedia, but basically it's the day when we have all our big sales, sort of like Black Friday, except not quite as crazy because, you know, most people are not doing their Christmas shopping on Boxing Day. It's more like the, well, this is what I would have liked to got for Christmas. Yeah. Stores need to turn out their inventory. Yeah, because they do inventory in January. Right. right after Christmas. And especially the big ticket items like flat screen TV, et yeah. cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. There's not a lot of sales on other stuff. Or at least I've never found that they've been, like, that great. But that's part of the, I don't mind going to the, to the mall on those days when I'm not, like... Shopping. Yeah, when I'm not, like, oh my god, I have to get this. Yeah. Or, you know, when I can just walk around and, you know, take my own time and not worry about everyone else who's running around like a mad person. I kind of want to do a scavenger hunt for Boxing Day. Say, okay, get a picture of two people fighting over one thing. Boxing Day bingo. Yes. Boxing Day bingo. <laughs> Stuff like that. Okay. Anyways, we do hope... That in all of your holiday preparations, that they have gone well for you, that your knitting has gone on schedule. That you are done your knitting. And if you aren't, that you have eggnog and rum in the house, because that might be a very good therapeutic and consoling libation for the time. Yes. Or at least it might be good if you can knit well while drunk. Or so else... you can drown your yeah. sorrows and still finish those Christmas I keep presents. Im- I keep imagining a sock turning into a fishing net. I have never knit while drunk. I do not want to test the theory. Yeah, no, I know what it's like when I knit when tired, and I don't think knitting when drunk would be a good idea. Stab, wrap, yank. That's a stitch. I'm sure of it. I did all the right moves. (laughs) So, adventures in knitting. At this very moment in time, I have upstairs my suitcase open and all of my clothes and stuff that I got to take down to the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. which involved me pulling out a lot of my summer stuff going, freezing cold outside, and I got to pack this. The heck am I going to wear on the plane? Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So I pulled out all of the stuff that I had knit for Christmas, because God forbid I get down there and realize I'd forgotten something. Yes, that would be a bad thing. And I found I still have gifts. I still have one handsome mitten that I have to fold over the edge of the hem of the cuff and stitch it. Whoopsie. 
Better do that soon. And the socks of peace transformation need the ends sewn in. But, you know, that's a matter of minutes. Yeah. It's just that it needs to happen. It needs to get done. Because... Yeah, I mean, it's a matter of minutes, but you still have to take those minutes at some point. Otherwise, it's still not going to get done. Yeah, unless you take the socks off and put them directly on your own feet. How often have we just taken, you know, the socks off the needles and, oh, dang, I've got I've got to sew, seam that toe. Or I've, I've got a kitchener the toe, or I've got a whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so, sew in the ends, and I have started the second Paper Moon sock. Yay! Because, like I mentioned last week, this is going to be my travel project. It is easy to memorize. It is not as large and cumbersome as the the linen stitch scarf. Yep. But for security purposes, I figured I'd better have a little bit of knitting on the needles to show that I do know what I'm doing, and these are not James Bond-like knitting needles. Yes, they do not transform into a garrote. Or a pea shooter. (laughs) Poison Poison dart. dart. And they're wooden ones, too, so chances are they won't even notice them going through security. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, security. I had security pull me to the side once. You know, I saw it get circled on my ticket that I had to go through the special security line, which I really don't mind because it's faster. At least it was before they started doing all the x-ray screening. Yeah. But going through the special security line where, you know, they patch you down and they go through all your stuff manually was actually faster than going through all of the other lines. So I didn't mind. And the guy was looking through my stuff, and I'm sort of holding my breath, wondering whether or not I'm going to have to throw down with security about my knitting needles. <laughs> and that's when he looks up at me and says, look, I need a pair of socks. And I'm like, <laughs> He understands me! Actually, when I went down to Kentucky, probably because of all the power cords for my electronic stuff that I was bringing with me, and I had my laptop in my bag, I got sort of, the guy pulled my, my bag over to go through it. And he asked me, is there anything sharp in your bag? Well, I was like, should I mention this? And then I was like, fine. I'm like, well, there's knitting needles in there, which might seem dumb to him, but they're, they're like the nitpicks knitting needles yeah. that are fairly pointy. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, when he's patting it through down, he's not actually going to poke himself with them. Yeah, he's not going to it's not actually. It's not actually going to, like, you know, break the skin or anything, but it still will have that response of, it still might poke him if if they're poked through the bag. And it still might him. poke them and startle him, which you don't want to do with security. So I figured I might as well mention it. I think it was just because of all the power, the way the power cords were sitting and stuff. This but is, yeah, so hopefully you will have yeah. good luck going through security. Yeah, this is going to be interesting with a four-year-old. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Especially having to take off the four-year-old's shoes. Yeah, well, that's going to be, those are going to be Velcro running shoes. That's the best thing to do at the time, I think. Yeah, but it's still like, even when I'm traveling just with myself, and when you get to that point at the security line where you can actually put your stuff down, it's still like, okay, coat, laptop in here, other bag in here, take off shoes, put down. There's still sort of like a scramble to try and grab stuff and not hold up the line hugely. And And same thing once you're picking your stuff up. That's going to be fun with a four-year-old as well as yourself. (laughs) I'm going, I know I'm going to be explaining stuff. Mama, why are we taking off shoes? Um, let's... It's because it's the rules. Because it's the rules. I'm not going into a lot of the reason why. Let's just say it's because of the rules. Yeah. Okay. Why he no take off shoes? He is a security officer. Okay. But why not? I'm like, He's not going on the plane. (laughs) And the sock monkey did turn out. Yay! I made my son a green sock monkey. It's really cute. It is now named Busty. Busty? Busty. It doesn't have boobs, does it? It does not have boobs. <laughs> I do not know. I woke up and I was informed that the, the sock monkey's name is Busty. I do not know what 
led up to this name, as long as it does not involve a hustler or a playboy, <laughs> fine. Maybe it, maybe it was inspired by Mythbusters. Who knows? I was going to say, maybe you named it Buster. Who knows? After the Mythbusters. Okay. So anyways, how about you? I have finished my Viper Pilot socks. Yes, she has. Yes! She is wearing them. Yeah, I am wearing them, and they are special. Sparkling like a thousand tiny, tiny diamonds. diamonds. I love Drink them. Bitches. And as I haven't mentioned it in a while, I should reiterate this, give the whole information from them at this point. They are the Viper Pilot Socks by Glenessee. And I knit them in um, another Crafty Girls sock, sparkly sock yarn. I, that's not the official name for it. I can't remember the official name. In the galaxy colorway. And they turned out really nicely. They did. And they went really well after I stopped trying to do them when I had no brain during the summer. Lack of brain meat seems to be a problem. Yeah. But yeah, it is a really pretty pattern. It is. I love them. I love the little cables. And I love the little vipers that go down the middle. So your yes. your knight in shining armor would actually show up in an Iran sweater with all teeny tiny cables, wouldn't he? Yes. Yeah. Okay, fine. Or a Battlestar Galactica Colonial Fleet uniform. Ah, uh, men in uniform. But yes, and I actually got Brown. to show them to Glenna yesterday. Yay! At the Purple Pearl, but more on that later. Okay. I also finished the first Spring Forward sock. Yay! And I am on the second one. I've also finished the heel on my plain stockinette socks. The second plain stockinette sock. So those ones are almost done as well. So you as being productive and stuff. Yeah, I have been fairly tempted since I finished the Viper Pilot socks to start doing, like, a cookie A sock or something like that. And I do really want to do one next. I'm just thinking of holding off for the rest of the week because just get it's Christmas. going to be crazy. Yeah. Because I'm working Christmas Eve. Well, 9 to 2. Yeah. And then I go home. And then I get to help prepare for all the people coming over that night because we are going to have my dad's side of the family at our house. You got to see my Christmas night and Boxing Day brewing. Oh, Yes. This is hilarious. Live on Google Docs. Yes. My mother constructed Google Docs for Christmas night menu, Boxing Day menu, and Boxing Day guest list and sent it out to the family. And Karen was sitting next to me as I was viewing the menu as my mother was writing it, typing it out, and my one of my brothers was going in and correcting the formatting and making adjustments and notations. <laughs> Sometimes it looked almost like the two little I, the two little arrows for the two people that were writing or editing were chasing each other. Yes, it looked very much like a Pac-Man. <laughs> it was awesome, though. There's got to be some sort of games you can play with Google Docs. And, um, oh, I'm sure there is. RPGs, which I do. And Karen got to see the kind of menu that the React household has in the Bahamas. Yes. And, um... <laughs> Turkey, ham, <laughs> stuffing, cranberries, peas, sweet potatoes, peas and rice, which is not white peas and green rice. It is the southern dirty rice with pigeon peas. Coleslaw, potato, potato salad. salad. We did see beets. Yes. And I put in a note, okay, where are the green vegetables? And this is the small... Yeah, this is the small gathering. Dinner. Because I remember <laughs> asking my mother ahead of time, okay, is there any special clothing I need to bring down for Aiden? Like if we're going out to a fancy restaurant for yeah. dinner. And mom said, no, 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 we're just going to do, we're just going to stay home and do local, to not, you know, this year. We're just going to stay home and it's going to be quiet. Your mother's definition of quiet. <laughs> quiet? That's like the interior of a tuba, quiet. And then... Boxing Day was very similar. Yeah. I'm sure she'd see my family 
with 17 people coming over the one evening as extremely quiet. And to to give you the idea, my mother's view on life is live, laugh, love, eat, diet tomorrow, and tomorrow <laughs> never comes. Unfortunately, when I arrive, I am now the Christmas conscience. Anyways, moving on to happy stuff. Yes, moving on to the reason we are podcasting on a Monday. Yes, this is a like different. four days late. Is because yesterday was the... Purple Pearl Pre-Boxing Day Boxing Day Sale. Say that three times fast. So yeah, we went into Toronto, we got a ride with some friends, and went into Toronto, and I think we got there like around 11.30. Yeah. I think it opened at 10.30, and the two tables they had looked like they had been fairly picked Picked over over already. There was one table where they had a sign, and like, uh, for like... You know, this kind of yarn was $18, now $10 or whatever. And there was one skein Left of yarn yep. sitting on top of, the, on top of the sign. And uh, certain places were being restocked Yes, as we were arriving. Yeah. And I don't know if that line ever got down any less. It did. When we came in, there were people lined up. I mean, this will mean nothing to people who, you know, have never been in the Purple Pearl. I'm trying to think of distances. Maybe it's maybe about like six, seven feet along the counter, about four feet along the back, and then what, like 20 feet from the very back to the front of the room? I'd agree with that. And they were like, that whole distance... All lined with people. Yeah, when like, we arrived. in line. When Glenna arrived and we were looking around and stuff, we sort of decided, you know, it's probably a good idea. Like, once you've gotten your stuff from the, t- the tables in the middle of the room, it's probably best just to get in the paying line. Yeah. And then let that carry you past all the other yarn and then pick up the stuff you wanted to get as you go. Yep. So, for instance, I got this little skein of yarn in my hand because Glenna is an enabler and she spotted it and handed <laughs> it to me. And the name of it? It's Malabrigo Arroyo, which is a Arroyo. merino wool. Yeah. Okay. Merino wool. It's a sport weight. And the color is Jupiter, which, so it's sort of a pinky reds shading into sort of maybe darker berries and burgundy. Yeah, burgundy. Probably. It's really pretty. I don't remember seeing this color weight before. It looked like they that there were some new colors yeah. on display. Yeah, there was a couple that I hadn't seen before or didn't remember seeing before. I know sometimes some of their yarns can be fairly different from dye lot to dye lot. Okay. Like there's the, oh, what is it? Archangel? Where a couple people we know have gotten that and it's like this magic yarn, which looks fairly different each time you get it. It but looks this different one, I don't in different even, lights too. Yeah. This one I don't even really remember hearing that colorway name before. So it was new to me at least. I mean, I haven't looked at the Malabrigo in a while because I have some of it at home already. So I'll probably make some socks out of it or I could even use it for gloves or mittens if I have enough yardage and now i'm having thoughts oh dear (laughs) and plans oh dear anyway and then as the line moved on it carried me past the the tannis fiber arts erin weight and i got three skeins of her teal colorway so that i can do a cowl oh go figure teal yeah i was looking at i was pulling a couple skeins off trying to figure out which ones i wanted and finally i'm like oscar with teal when in doubt go with teal i also grabbed some cascade 220 superwash as i again as the line moved by it was kind of neat because as the line slowly moves you down you can sort of look at everything and be like okay do i really want that and you start moving past what it is and you're like okay this is my last chance do I want it? Nah, I'll keep going. It's like a very slow ride at Disney World or something like that. Yes. In the in the conveyor belt, little bucket seats. Yeah, it's like a little people mover that takes you past yep. it. And everybody had either big baskets or the crates. 
They're like yeah, they crates. had they had big baskets or crates for people to put yarn in. And some people had both. Yeah. Some people filled up and took home quite a few yarn puppies. Yeah, there were some people buying lots of yarn. I know last year when I was at the sale, there was a few people I saw in front of me as they were ringing up the till, and it was like uh, a couple hundred dollars. I was like, wow. And that was before the sale. Yeah. No, that was... I that, was, thir- that was after That was after sale had taken effect on the price. Yeah, that was the after price. the sale had, yeah. had knocked some money off. But, you know, it might have been their only... Yes, for the year that or is true. That is true. Or maybe they are just really lucky and have lots more disposable income than I do. <laughs> there is also that. I did try and find yarn to purchase, but somehow the yarn planets just did not align. I didn't. There were some that the color was off. There wasn't enough yardage, or there wasn't mm. enough skeins available, or it wasn't the right gauge. So I just decided the the stars did not align this one time. Yeah, and some of them too. Like there might not have been enough skeins out, but they could have had more in the back, but then that sort of, that's enough of a psychological barrier, I right. think, that helps you not spend money. Because there, there was that tweed that was icy blue that had all the white flecks in it that looked Ooh, yes. like snowflakes. That was a sale yarn, though, so I wonder if they had, that was pretty, and that was like pretty discounted, so I'm wondering if they, I don't know if they would have had any more. Yeah, that, that was 15 marked down to 5. Yeah, I don't think they would have had another couple bags downstairs. But the one thing, I did see yarn there that I was thinking about for a Watson sweater, and I was seriously tempted, but I was already getting the three skeins of the Tannis. Oh, this is when you were comparing because it, you kept picking up the dark blue and you were worried about it blending with your denim too much? Yeah, because see, they had, it's Galway, sort of heathered, worsted weight, and they had some really pretty yarns. One of them, one of the ones I really liked was sort of a, a dark heathered blue but then I held it up next to my jeans and it was almost the exact same color and it's like if I'm going to be wearing the sweater I am going to be wearing it with jeans so I was seriously tempted to get some you put it in bright cherry red or something like that Nah, I want so I still want something that's sort of a manly color okay but and you know maybe a bit more not a neutral but not like more neutral ish like even like a dark olive green or something like that yeah it was again what it was one of those things where the line was passing by and I was like okay last chance do I really want it uh, I'll wait so yeah, you didn't get anything. You didn't get anything at the Purple Pearl, but you did get stuff from Lush. We did. We went and made a Lush <laughs> visit because we don't have a ne- we don't have a Lush store in the Niagara area. The closest one I think is in Mississauga. Yeah, something like that in the sort of greater Toronto area. Anyways, so we were in Toronto. There was the opportunity there. What the heck? We made a trip to Lush, and lots of smell goodum things happened. I got. Karma. I already have a bucket of their Karma cream, and I've been making that last for as long as I can. I got a a slice of their Karma soap, and I got Lust Solid Perfume because I love the scent of jasmine. And there were lots of pretty, 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 pretty things, and, you know, you just walk out of the store and you just start smelling your hands and your wrists, and glad that you're not driving, because that could be complicated. And also, we went to the world's biggest bookstore, and... Which, if you have never been to Toronto, it's... I think they were saying... One of our friends was saying that it's not the biggest anymore in terms of square footage, but I think it still is in terms of the number of titles. They have a lot of books. Yeah, this is... And they have a lot of knitting books. Two-story... Yeah. And really... Like, spread out. It's, like, so practically the size of a Walmart or something. Yeah. Filled with books. Yeah. So, yeah, I was looking through a lot of their knitting books because I have been on the hunt for a good, small, fairly basic book for 
uh, my sister-in-law, because I think I mentioned last week that my brother told me that my sister-in-law was thinking of trying knitting. And I'd gotten some yarn and some needles, but I was still looking for the perfect sort of small book. I just wanted like, you know, those like booklets you see in Michael's where it's, you know, just the basics and a few projects. I wanted to get her one of those because she wants to try it out. She doesn't know whether she would like knitting. So I didn't really want to get a big book because that might seem too intimidating. If she likes it, her birthday is in April. So I will be able to get her a big book at that point. Yeah. But you know, I didn't want her and I didn't want her to feel bad. Like if she doesn't pick up knitting that I didn't want her to feel bad about like now she has this big book that she got as a gift and she's not sure what to do with it even though I wouldn't care even if she doesn't and she decides to donate all the stuff I gave her I don't care though I would you know want to get her something else <laughs> but I got a moleskin the one I've been looking for all year in all of the indigo and chapter stores and all of the bargain bins and all of the other bookstores is the one that has the checkered squares yeah, on the inside, paper. the yeah. red paper. And I could not, I've been looking for this for a year. And yay, in Toronto, at the store, found it, and 30% off. Woo! Even so, better. Yeah. Happy, happy times. We went to Eaton Center. Yeah, don't ask us what we were doing at the Eaton Center what, a week before Christmas? Yeah. We were mainly just because just the friends were like, that was a convenient parking Yeah, it was a convenient parking space, but wow. You and I did not actually go in the Eaton Center other than the parking area. And then having to, to dodge people dodge. trying to get to the door. I was going under the... F there was like a current of people and I was just getting sucked under. Every once in a while, Karen would look behind her and just see, I'm over here! Yes, especially because you were the tiny woman. So if you get surrounded by people, it is not easy to find you. Yeah, well... But yeah, so that was our adventure in Toronto. Yep, my big adventure. Yes, because you have not been to Toronto that much. Not that much. Or to any big city that much. Maggie is country mouse. Island country mouse. Yes, island country mouse. I come from a very small island where the actual capital is on an island that is seven miles tall and 21 miles wide, shaped like a football. Yeah. That is the landmass you live on. A lot of people start getting claustrophobic when they think of that. You get lost, that's okay. Sooner or later, you hit water. You go so far, you can't go any further. Yeah. To go to a place like Toronto where I am surrounded by skyscrapers. Yeah. And people and cars and streets. And six, lane of tra six lanes of yeah, traffic. Yes, six lanes of it. Six <laughs> lanes is almost unheard of in a lot of the places I've lived. I start, I started to feel just a little bit jittery. And I think Karen was having a good old laugh at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's not denying Sunday, it. Someday, dude, we are going to Toronto one day to do some yarn crawling. And I'm going to take you on the TTC. And you are going to see what the big city is like. Yeah, okay. I think people were living in New York City and downtown Toronto are probably listening to this now and giggling. Pretty much. That's okay. Merry Christmas. I know I'm Country Mouse. I can deal with it. So moving on from Country Mouse into Geek Squee. Well, thinking also of Christmassy stuff, mm -hmm. I have a knitting squee. Yes. Geeky in its scope. Apparently in Dorset, England, three knitting circles have gotten together and made an entirely hand-knit Christmas tree. Dude. Yeah. It's 10 feet tall. So it's bigger than some average Christmas trees. Yeah. It's bigger than my Christmas tree at home. And it's a metal frame, like for just plain branches, and it's covered in 1,200 green squares. Wow. From what I could see of the pictures, the squares are sort of layered. Right. So it looks like different 
little branches and, and gives it little fur. Yeah, like it's very furs. when you see the picture of the entire thing, you can't see the frame at all. It's very full of all nice. these squares. That's cool. And of course, it's covered in ornaments and garland, and some of the garland has like little candles on it. Except everything that is hand the tree knit is knit. Yes, everything cool. on the tree, other than the frame, is hand knit. It's really cool. That's cool. It's. Currently on display at St. Aldham's Church in Poole, Dorset, until Christmas Eve, after which the squares will be sewn together to make blankets for people in Sri Lanka and Romania. That's really cool. It's really neat. I will definitely put up a link in the show notes. I forget even if I retweeted it on our account, our Twitter account so that you can see the photos of this tree. This tree, this thing is huge, too, because it's not a skinny tree either. It's an, it's an epic project. It's yes. something that knitters could be proud of. Well, they said that they've been working on it since March. I believe it. Not surprisingly. I've just been working on my itty bitty Christmas presents, you know, since, what, late summer? Dang. Yeah, it's a really, it's really impressive. And they should rightfully be very proud of it. Yes. This is what can happen when knitters join together. Yes. It's going to turn into a lot of blankets for people. For a cold winter coming. Speaking of things that are on their way, Underworld is going to surface Yet again. The movie series. The movies, yeah. yeah. This is going to be the fourth movie, and Kate Beckinsale is, again, the lead actress in it. This is not a prequel. This is set, I think, just a couple of years into the future, where humans have found out about the werewolves and the vampires, and now the war is humans versus supernatural. And I saw the trailer where she had apparently been captured and held in, I guess, an incubation chamber or whatever, something like that. Mm -hmm. And then she, you know, basically busted out of it in all sorts of, you know, special effect glory. Yep. And is now on the hunt to destroy all of the humans. Okay. You know, in the skin-tight pleather yeah. with the uber boots and the uber guns. And, and the uber boobs. But, yeah, that's for for those in the supernatural arena who really like to keep up with the vampires and the werewolves. That is coming yeah. out. Yeah. I haven't seen any of the first movies, so... When the first movie came out... A couple of us went to go see it, and then we went to a diner and decided, okay, we need to write down all the references to White Wolf's LARP game of Vampire the Masquerade that you yeah. saw. Because I was going to say, was did this come out when you were doing LARPing in Savannah? No, this came out while I was up here in Canada. But still, it was fresh enough in my mind. Yeah. Where I think halfway through the movie, I leaned over to my husband and said, was that celerity and potence that I just saw? Or... And he goes, yep, I think we needed to make a checklist of what they got and what clans they got going there. If anybody understands the words that are coming out of my mouth, you are a white wolf vampire gamer. Thank you. And mm -hmm. this is your public service announcement. Yeah, I can't remember if anyone in their introductory stuff has mentioned whether anyone does LARPing. I don't know. If you do, let us know. I, it was one of those things that I learned while I was away at university. I didn't do the, um, the strange hippie drugs or things like that <laughs> when I went to art university. I learned about role-playing. I just did online role-playing, like play-by-post. Yeah. You know, as if you're writing a big fiction story. Still do, actually. Speaking of role-playing, <laughs> Karen has an uber-awesome video to share. Uber-awesome yes. people. Uber awesome people, okay? She shared yes. this to me before we started recording, and I started bouncing up and down and clapping my hands like a seal at the circus. On YouTube, there's a channel called Gak Attack, 
G-A-K-A-T-T-A-C-K. And I think they found out through watching the video, they're actually from Toronto. They are a group of martial artists, and they have done some really cool videos. The one that I first saw, and which I think also I might have retweeted using the Nitwin Geek 2 account, I cannot remember, is their Jedi Ninja video. <laughs> if you can't find them through the channel, just put in Jedi Ninja in the YouTube search yeah. and it will come up. Because this is awesome. Yes. Basically they said they wanted to try and do a live action version of the kind of moves that I guess you can do in some of the more recent Star Wars video games. Because of course, you know, there aren't any more... Star Wars movies planned at the moment. So they said, otherwise we would never get to see this. And we kind of wanted to do this. So seriously, <laughs> that shows people in like ninja-y outfits with lightsabers fighting. Yes. But make sure you watch to the very end because the very end is hilarious. Yes. And that's where the, where the RP-ish stuff comes in. A little bit of spoiler and we're not going to spoil it for anybody. It's really awesome. They are so good. They and are. And we watched some of their other videos. One of the other videos I loved is the Potter Chan video. <laughs> they were saying they wanted to do it like as if there was a combination of Harry Potter and Jackie Chan. So imagine and they did. Jackie Chan with a wand casting spells and Yep. And they did. They did being it chased. pretty pretty accurate to a Jackie Chan style movie. And there's a there's a fair bit of punching and kicking. Yeah. In amongst the wand work, which seems perfectly normal, because yeah. like seriously, yeah. really, if if you if you got the opportunity to punch somebody, what? yeah, if you're that close to someone else, and really, the wizards in Harry Potter are not going to be expecting that. No, they're not. They seem to forget that you know, kicking someone in the balls helps. It works really well too. Yes, you're you're going to have a hard time spitting out a spell when your balls have been kicked up to your you know clavicle. Yeah, I always wanted to try doing like a fanfic or something where it, which involved like getting a Muggle like SWAT team or something with sniper rifles on the ramparts at Hogwarts. Because seriously, like you can wave your wand all you want, but a bullet straight through the eyes from 300 yards is kind of hard to defeat. When you don't know what's coming. But anyway. Now, I know somewhere Hermione Granger would tell you that something would not work because of spells cast at Hogwarts, but... Well, for one... Okay, well, for one, if they were muggles, they wouldn't even be able to see Hogwarts. You'd have to have someone who has, like, magic blood, but also knows how to use a sniper rifle. Or you'd have to set it somewhere else. Yes. And then one of their other videos, the one that I think Maggie loved the most, was... Super Mario. Mario. Yeah, Super Mario Street Fighter. Do, 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 do. Do. Or, a street, or a street challenge, I yeah. think it was called. Oh, God, it's And basically, funny. they filmed it. They were like, this would be an awesome video game where you have, like, two people on a regular street and they have to run around and collect coins and Kick boxes. Kick the turtle, the turtle shells and, you know, hit the boxes, collect the mushrooms. Yeah. Try and slow each other down or try and defeat each other by tossing turtle shells at yeah, them and stuff like so that. so funny. It was really cool. And one's wearing the red shirt with Mario, and the other one's wearing the green shirt with, with Luigi. Luigi. It oh, was really that. cute. And they they do a lot of the flips, and they do a lot of the kicks and the spins and stuff like that. So funny. Yeah. All and they're basically doing it through the streets of Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. It looked really awesome. It would make a really cool video game, but it's also a, re a really interesting thing to watch. And they have blooper reels for a lot of their stuff too, so you have to watch those too. But yeah, so that's Gak Attack, G A K A T T A C K on YouTube. And they also have links there for their Facebook and Twitter and other stuff they've done too. 
There's a lot of other videos on there, too. Now, speaking of videos and... Well, we were speaking of vampires, so I'm just going to take that and swing with it. Yep. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Oh, God. Is coming out some next summer. For those of you who are not sure what I'm talking about, this is along the Pride and Prejudice and Zombies series of books. Yeah, well, it was a, yeah, the book of it was written by uh, Seth Graham Smith, who also wrote Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. And there's also, what's the one with the sea monsters? Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters? Yes. I don't think that's by the same author. Oh, really? No, I I was. I always presume so. Okay. But the movie is actually coming out. It's already started production. Yeah. Because we saw film stills. Yeah. And we've read up a little bit about production. They are not releasing any information about what the vampires look like. We were just told that it would be unexpected. Yes. I'm like, how many different ways can you make a vampire? Well, these ones don't sparkle. Well, yeah, you got you got a point. Okay, the sparkly <laughs> took me off guard. I think pretty much everyone was like, wait, they what? <laughs> <laughs> but they're doing quite a lot to remain historically accurate for this movie. As historically accurate okay, as okay. you get when Abraham Lincoln is a vampire hunter. All right, barring the whole vampire <laughs> hunter bit, and not, but they're doing a lot of research into the clothing being worn, and I think we read there was 8,000 costumes that were going to be, that were made and were going to be destroyed for the Battle of Gettysburg yeah. scene. And apparently Abraham Lincoln has a fighting cloak that he borrowed off of Duncan MacLeod, obviously, because it hides weapons. <laughs> yeah, and they said the general plot is that, I believe, Abraham Lincoln's grandfather and mother were killed by vampires, so yep. he vows vengeance. And it follows him, like, from a young man up until the assassination. And, and then even beyond. beyond. And his attempts to rid the United States of, or what existed in the United States at the time, of vampires. And the... Of which uh, apparently there were copious amounts at that time. Yeah, the tangled scheme they wove into the slave trade. Yes. Actually. Apparently they were involved in the, stra- in the slave trade. Yeah. This proves interesting, and it might actually... I, I confess, I have not read any of the books yeah. in this arena, but I might actually have to read this one now. Yeah. So that you can do comparisons come come the summer. And I think, actually, I seem to remember reading somewhere, so don't quote, quote me on this, but I seem to remember somewhere reading that, actually, there's another movie, like a serious movie, about Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, I think you were I mentioning that. I think maybe that. made by Steven Spielberg. Okay. I think, again, I, I seem to remember reading this, but don't quote me on it, that I think they, the Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter people may have intentionally arranged the release date around the release date for that movie. <laughs> oh boy. So, or around the same time, like maybe the same month or something, which should be interesting. Okay. Of course, actually, now that I think of it, if they're coming out in June, I don't forget, do you remember if it said late June? No, it just said June. Okay. I was just wondering if it was going to be late June, say close to the July 4th weekend. Mm, good point. Especially considering, well, especially considering Gettysburg was July 2nd to 4th. So that would be some interesting timing for releasing the Vampire Hunter movie. I am so super curious as to how vampires look in that era. Yeah. If they're going to be the Tom Cruise with the... Elegant. Yeah. yeah. Or if they're going to be more monstrous. Okay. Well, I guess we'll find out. If anybody knows, if anybody out there has stills or information, because the info that we were able to look up would not reveal anything about the vampires. If you know, please share. 
Yes, or if you find anything from here on in. And, okay, this one's a little late in case you were looking for an epic Christmas present or other holiday present. But, you know, it's maybe a thought for sometime next year. I originally saw this on a website called Possum. P-A-W-E-S-O-M-E. So paw and cat paw and awesome. Yeah, it's obviously it's a pet blog. And someone had made a half scale TARDIS cat tree. I am so super impressed that they actually, because they built it originally at what, one eight eighth scale? Yeah, there was one that they made at one sixth. I'm sorry. That was more like a a cat box rather than a cat tree. I am so super impressed that somebody took the time to do the multiple scales yeah. So perfectly. Because they were really you know. well done. And obviously that's scale on the outside. Yeah. On the inside, it's a little more, it's a little different. But yeah. So basically, yeah, someone made a half-scale police box with all the different details on the outside, including the signs and everything. We actually saw the, it has a little lock for like a deadbolt lock. Yep. Except instead of, you know, having the name of the lock company on there, it said Kaylee, which is the name Into of the, the cat. cat. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> so cute. And you open up the double doors of the police box, and inside the entire thing is lined with carpet. And there's different levels for the cat to climb on. There's a hammock, and there's a hole in the roof so that the cat can climb out onto the roof, and there's foam and yeah, it's uh, fleece a up there. It's a bed on yeah, top. So they can curl up up there, or they can curl up inside. And it is really adorable. And it's got windows, like actual, you know, plastic windows in it for the cats to look out. And he shows uh, in-progress work on it. Yeah, there's now a website for it called Tardis Cat. Fort.com. And there's not a lot there at the moment, but it does have links to places where pictures have been posted and especially pictures to TARDISBuilders.com and the thread on the forums where all the in-progress pictures are posted. And there's a couple extra... They even have, I think they on the TARDIS cat fort, there that they have a gallery where they also have pictures of the cat, oh. Kaylee, interacting with it and, like, curled up in the hammock. Dude, if I had that TARDIS, that's where I'd sleep. That would be awesome. That would probably be my cat's favorite place to hide when people that she didn't know arrived at the house. I'm going to go hide in my TARDIS. I'll be back in the future. Or the past, whichever. And finally, some really good cheer for this time of year. When some people start to get a little strained and stressed, some good news that has been going around, specifically at the Kmart stores. It seems that Santa has made visits to multiple Kmart stores around the U.S. Have we had um, ones happen in... Have we had Walmarts happen in, in Canada? Do you know? Not that I've heard. But it all started with one woman walking into a Kmart, and I believe this was in Michigan? Yeah, probably in Detroit from the look of the station, the TV station that reported right. on it in Detroit, Michigan. She walked up to the layaway counter, and by the time she was finished, she had paid off several layaway accounts for people who had children and were putting away toys and clothes and such. Mm-hmm. For Christmas Day, and it was obvious that they were having trouble paying for the account. And there, some people were not going to be able to have Christmas Day. And now because of this, the generosity of this woman, it has yeah. snowballed into a mini campaign. Some people have followed her example. She didn't leave her name. Yeah, she just left a note on the, on the layaway receipt. She left a note that says, Happy Holidays from a friend. Right. And other people have followed suit. In some cases, they left a dollar or one cent on the account so that the the computer system doesn't go haywire with it. Yeah, because I know from what they said in the article, 
if an account is paid off completely in the computer system, that's counted as closed. Right. So that could cause problems when people come in. To pick it up. Because then if someone comes in wanting to pay it off and someone else doesn't know that that account's been paid off, they type it in and they can't find it. Right. In the system, I would imagine. So in some cases, it's been like, you know, someone has left like a couple bucks or in one case, someone left one One cent cent. on like a bunch of different accounts. And this is called wildfire over the country. And we've been seeing examples of people spending 2,000, 3,000, 8,000. And there was one example of $10,000. somewhere in California. For multiple accounts to be taken care of. Yeah, I know I saw there was one one of the really sweet things was in one store they said the people with layaway stuff that had like missed a payment or something like that were called on a Friday to say that they needed a payment or you know their stuff would no longer be on layaway for them. And then on Saturday, they got a phone call saying that there was only a dollar left on their accounts. That is like, so Whoa! awesome. And some people who have received this generosity, you know, who have been trying to put aside money to pay for the layaway, had their layaway paid off for them. I think they're calling them layaway angels now. Yeah. Choose to take that money and do it for somebody else. So yeah, this they basically is pay it forward. Cascading. And it's really nice at this time of year because a lot of people get upset about Christmas becoming commercialized Mm -hmm. and losing the goodwill that's supposed to be the message. So this is a really nice story to see happen. And one of the reasons why it's been snowballing specifically around Kmart is because Kmart is one of the few stores left that has the layaway open year-round. Yeah. So that people who want to do this for Christmas can start as early as they think feasible. Yeah. So there would be some stuff that has been there for, like, long term. Yeah. Aww. And I know one of the stories said, too, that someone had paid off, like, a whole bunch of layaway bills, or almost paid off a whole bunch of layaway bills, and then was, like, walking around the store handing, handing out, out $100, $100 bills. bills. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I get kind of teary when I was reading it. Miracle on Kmart Street. Yes. So there's your Christmas happy fuzzy for the week. So speaking of Christmas happy fuzzies, what are you looking forward to for Christmas? In some ways, I am looking forward to Christmas Day when we are not going to do anything. We are just going to sit back and watch TV and eat leftovers. <laughs> what do you want for Christmas? Well, I put the Soctopus book Okay. On. And in case anybody hasn't tell, this is going to be the Rambly podcast. Yes. Because it's our holiday podcast. I got off work <laughs> on Friday, and I do not go back to work until the new year. I've got a couple books and DVDs and things on my list, as usual. What are you looking forward to about spending <sighs> Christmas in the Bahamas? Well, this is going to be the first time my parents will have their grandson, their only grandson, around them at Christmas time. I am really looking forward to letting them interact with him and me sitting back with a cup of coffee and just backing away and just <laughs> sitting down and there being stillness around me. In between your mother's events. Yes. And in between trying to sleep on Junkanoo night. No, that that's actually uh, <laughs> been a problem. Well, I'm not going to Junkanoo. To clarify, and you can go and... Uh, search this on Wikipedia. Junkanoo is a parade that happens in the Bahamas. The thing is that it starts pretty much between midnight and 2 a.m. <laughs> That's a bit of a problem. And then it goes straight through the night into the morning. I have been to many, many Junkanoo events. I do not plan on my child going to Junkanoo events just yet. Yes, he's a bit young to have his sleep schedule completely messed with like that. Because the day after Junkanoo, even government closes down for the day after Junkanoo. Yeah. 
And, sorry, Junkin' was on what night? It's it's Boxing Day night. Okay. So the 26th night going into the 27th. Yeah. And New Year's night. So in a lot of cases, you go to your party, you ring in the new year, you come home, change into your sweats, and then go to Junkanoo. And you gotta park, it's like parking at Disney World, you gotta park a million miles away, walk down through all the police barricades, because it's like Mardi Gras. Yeah. Like, everybody's there. And the day after Junkanoo, in the house, in the street, everybody's just like... <sighs> You know, you wake up somewhere around two in the afternoon, collect a pot of coffee together, (laughs) scrape up some leftovers, and turn on the radio to find out who won. Because we have their different teams of Junkanoo. Yeah. And And it's a big parade? It it, it is a parade. And if you want to think of, like, the Rose Bowl parade, where they'll have dancers and they'll have floats and they have to be made out of certain materials and, yeah and or like mardi gras where right, each, mardi float, gras. Each, fro- each float is a team right yeah only down there it's you have one lead float multiple other floats large costumes small costumes dancers and then music those are all different categories part of the rules are that it can only be made by crepe paper and cardboard so no plastic and no shinies and no yeah none of those things and everything except the lead float has to be carried by one person so if you've got a big ass float and i've seen them i've seen floats that are twice the size of this room wow they have a framework on the inside yeah where a guy and he looks like you know he went through the steroid high school of footballers (laughs) because they've just padded and i mean like taken the fluffy padding and just padded all the way up to almost his ears. And he picks it up, he, he bounces along for a little while, carries it, six yeah. feet, puts it down again. And that's that's how it creeps along on, mm-hmm. on the street. No, I'm not ready for my son to go through this just yet because <laughs> I'm not ready. Yeah. I am looking forward to mom's cooking. Staggering amounts, though they may be. I'm, I'm looking forward to somebody else doing the cooking. Yeah. I'm really That's I'm, a legit thing to to be looking forward to. Yeah. I'm kind of glad that we're doing the big family thing on Christmas Eve and then I can just relax for the next couple of days. Cuz of course, the way Christmas is set up this year with Christmas Day being on Sunday and then Boxing Day being on Monday, those are the two statutory holidays. They're also days that the library's closed anyway. So, basically it's like a weekend. So I'm kind of glad that, you know, the yeah, Saturday work in the morning, have stuff with family that evening, have the big turkey dinner, and the next couple days it's just relax. Yay. What are other people's plans? Yes, does anybody else have crazy mothers going off on like feeding the multiple million thousands yeah. like mine is? Or if you have, if you celebrate other holidays, I would love to hear someone who celebrates like solstice or yule or something like that tell us about their traditions and what they do i know somebody down in georgia who does that anyway because i imagine with that i mean yes there would be there might be some standard stuff that you would do for those holidays but of course everybody has their own traditions too yeah i would love to hear about your personal traditions i think this is just going to be the digression episode other than christmas we've got new year's coming up yes and new year's resolutions or lack thereof yeah Lack thereof on my part. Other than either that or, like, really general ones. Do you have any? Well, I want to knit... Okay, I will issue myself this resolution, which doesn't sound like much of a revolution, but resolution, but there you go. A revolution? No. I will knit at least two sweaters next year. Really? Yes. I have yarn for one sweater. And this does not include the sweater that you've already knit but have not pieced. No, which is blocked. Okay. Which I still have to seam together. I believe you. But 
Yes, so there's yarn for one sweater, and then I want to get yarn for a Watson sweater. I will do those too this this upcoming year. One of the things I asked for Christmas for, I think, was the Knitter's Life List book, which has that whole, all those checklists of different stuff. So looking through that, I might have more challenges for myself, like to complete, you know, a certain number of things. Is it like a bucket list for knitters? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I've not heard of this. I'm pretty sure you mentioned it before. That doesn't mean that I was paying attention. Thanks a lot, Maggie. (laughs) But yeah, they have all kinds of different... What's it called? The Knitter's Life List. But yeah, there's all sorts of lists in it for different techniques and stuff. And you can check off... It has like little check boxes next to it. So you can check off all the things that you've done. So I might issue myself some kind of challenge to complete, you know, X number from each list or something like that in the year. 1,001 inspirations, 122 techniques and tips, 69 styles and traditions, 33 Yarn Fibers, and 64 Personalities by Gwen W. Stige. That bears some looking into. Because, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things in there that I already know. But, you know, there's probably a lot of things that I haven't tried yet. And that would be sort of an organized way to... <laughs> me, organized, whatevs. But, a, you know, a way to keep track of things to do. And it's also kind of, I'm thinking in the whole, in the sense of getting a well-rounded education. You know, it might pick out little gaps in what I know how to do knitting-wise that I would like to fill. I am very eager to see this. I'm a little bit nervous about... We did a Secret Santa uh, draw for the family. Mm-hmm. Because we're pretty much all adults. My mother, you can tell, you know, who runs the family. My mother dictated, okay, we're going to do Secret Santas for all of the adults, and anybody who wants to do anything else can just put it all on Aiden. Oh, goody. You're drop shipping all this stuff back, right? I'm gonna wake up Christmas morning, and there's gonna be, like, a three-story, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine rail system (laughs) or something like that. And, you know, I'm just going to go back to bed at that point. I pretty much, for my Secret Santa, asked for yarn, and I gave them websites to go to, i.e., you know, Tannis or... Blue Moon Fiber Arts, Mm -hmm. because my Secret Santa could be in Italy, in the Bahamas, in Canada, or have a mailbox in the United States. Who knows? So I tried to be as helpful as I could. In the past, when my parents have bought me knitting stuff, I have gotten some of the, yes, Selma Vogue knitting is good, but I got, I think they just went to the knitting section and saw, Vogue, that must be good. And yanked. Like, there was... I used two patterns in the whole book. Oh, dear. And this this was, like, you know, almost a 200-page book. This is why I create the Amazon wish list and then email the wish list to people. And be like, buy off this list. Yeah, I know. I know. Which, I mean, I know... And I know it's the... You know, it's the thought that counts. counts. And, yes. you know, they want to give you something that goes towards your hobby. So it means they are thinking about you. It just always feels kind of... Oh, when oh. it's something that you can't... Because, too, like, you want to be able to use something someone gave you. And you want to be able to be like, yay, this is what somebody gave me. And I get to make something special with it. And non-knitters sometimes don't quite know what that is. Like, what if they're buying yeah. yarn? Like, what quantities and stuff yeah. like that? So, like, mom pretty much told me she was going to buy me yarn when she was in England. Like, she told me she was going to yarn stores. <laughs> So, you know, on my Christmas list, I mentioned, by the way, 100 grams of sock yarn will make a pair of socks. Yay. 100 grams of lace weight yarn will make a small shawl. Because my parents wouldn't know what Malibri... Nobody else in my family would know what Malabrigo is. Yeah. My husband has thankfully been educated being in the vicinity of the knitters. Yes, he can hardly escape it, really. Yeah. So, because I remember my parents coming to visit once, and we went to the local yarn store 
to stitch. And they sort of... My mother loved talking to Jocelyn Mm -hmm. and chit-chatting. And I loved the area because we were in Jordan. That was when, you know, they're in Jordan and the historical area. And my dad's just walking around going, are all of these different? Oh, dear. Oh, daddykins. Oh, you have no idea. I think for myself, for this coming year, I am going to endeavor to spin, which will be a big deal because I've been trying to make myself do it. And the drop spinning is just not quite... I think I lost a lot of my coordination. I'm blaming it on childbirth. You do manage to paint and draw and do other things with, you know, fine motor control. You're not helping my argument, though. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to try and learn to spin. I do have a very beautiful golden drop spindle, but beautiful tools do not necessarily make beautiful yarn. I am going to try to learn spinning on a wheel, because then that way I can use both hands and I can sort of... Yeah. See if I can... You can can use your feet. That's what I like using the the wheel for, because I can use my feet to help keep that bobbin spinning. Right. And then all I have to do is just concentrate on on the drafting with my hands. See, I thought you had to earn your stripes with the drop spindle. No. Yeah, well, I found that out later. It can sometimes help. Like, it's a cheaper entry in. And it can sometimes help in, you know, learning to draft. Especially if you do the park and draft. Where you spin the spindle and then clamp it against your leg. Uh Or in the crook of your knee or something. So you stop the spindle spinning. But you have all the twist in the the yarn. And then you just draft. And then you just pull. Until it starts getting, you know, quite as twisty. And then you spin the spindle, park it. Yeah. Again, between your feet or whatever. And then draft more. That can help because then it's easier for you to stop and for you to make adjustments and stuff like that. See, I I had one of those, what, you mean that's an option? Moments. (laughs) I'm going to give that a try. We can always try that. Now I've said that on the air now. I actually am thinking of another thing. I would like to try doing the tour de fleece this year. We will see how that goes. Because as I have already mentioned this episode, summer is the crazy pants time. Yeah. Tour de Fleece is, well, of course, every year there's the Tour de France, which is the cycling race in France for like, I think it's like three weeks long or almost a month long. And basically the Tour de Fleece is where you set some sort of spinning challenge and you start when the Tour de France starts and you end when it ends. And the challenge can be anything else. It's like the Knitting Olympics, right. basically. The, the challenge can be anything you want. It can be to spin up a certain amount of yarn. Either I want to spin up, you know, two pounds or I want to spin up these three bats that I have that I have had for a while. Or it can be, you know, it could be even as simple as I want to spin for 10 minutes every day. Oh, the summer. Which is what I would be doing. The Summer Olympics are coming... Yes! Next year in London. Have to think of something for that. Yeah. Maybe, ooh, maybe a Charlotte using, like, Shetland patterns. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do, what about a a Knit One Geek 2 Olympic, 2012 Olympic Knit Along, or Challenge. Or at least least have a Knit One Geek 2 Knitting Olympics team! Team. Yes! Yes! A Rev Olympics, I should say. Planned. I think we are already planning this. Okay, so... (laughs) Knit One Geek 2 team for the Rev Olympics, summer 2012. Start thinking about your projects. Yep. That means... Because we we still need to think of a knit-along for Sherlock, you know, Sherlock World. See, the only problem with doing a Sherlock knit-along is it would be in two segments. Oh, 
Yeah. Bollocks. Because the Brits will have Sherlock within, you know, a week and a half. Bollocks. Whereas the rest of us don't get it for like another five months. But yeah, so but we have had suggestions from people about possibilities for a knit along and what people would like to see. So please comment with those sorts of ideas too. As we mentioned before, like we could do one project, everyone does one project. We could do one type of project where people can pick like different individual projects that fit their skill. We could gear it around a specific geeky thing. We could have flavors of the month sort of things like stash down February or something like that. Yeah. Or knit for yourself January. I'll be doing that. Come January 1, I am starting my Evan Dim. I've been holding off the sweater until after I come back, because I come back just before New Year's. I'm going to start my Evan Dim when I come back. And yeah, good- so any ideas for knit-alongs and for what you guys would like to see amongst in that, you know, which of those categories you'd like to see, which you think would be a good idea. And of course, like I said like I've said before, like we don't have to do just one knit along. So if you suggest something or if you want to do a certain type of knit along and we don't do it at first, like that doesn't mean we are never going to do that. So I think we'll end the digressions here and we'll leave Cravings, Covets, and Crushes for another week. We are still not sure if we're going to be recording next week. It'll depend on how you feel when you get back and what sort of things we're doing for New Year's or not. It will depend on how many mince pies I was forced to bake, eat, (laughs) deliver, and such things. And how many people you were forced to mingle with. Not exactly the season for introverts. No, tis not. Especially when one's mother decides to plan a high school reunion. Oh, God, yes. I'll let you know if that actually happens. Okay, guys, have a safe and happy Christmas, and we will potentially see you around the new year. Either, even if we record next week, it will be, it probably won't come out until, like, New Year's Day. Yeah. Or so, if not a day or two after that. So, I guess, even if we record, by the time you hear it, We'll still see you next year. Same bat time, same bat channel. Here's hoping that everything goes better in 2012. Yay! Bye, everybody! Bye-bye! We love you! Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar for our microphone fund, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1, G-E-E-K, 2.mt-p-o-c-k-e-t-s.org. You can also comment on our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody. In the Bahamas? Pause. I think Outtake. I'm... Outtake. <laughs>